dipped in the river Styx as a babe to make him invulnerable. We thought all was well. Ah, but Mother Thetis didn't account for a wet night on field turf. No one is safe. This is the push-off. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast. It's your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week. Well, to get you ready for the next, I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's... Dan probably could have used a visit from Asclepius. Right. There you go, man. I don't know if you had that thing ready or not. I didn't even tell you what I was going to write. Uh, yeah, <laughs> obviously, we're very heavy in Greek mythology here this this beginning of the week but um listen at the top of the show is usually set up side for news and there's i don't know there's not a whole lot that happened here week one of the nfl season as far as news goes no every team played and so that way we hit every game so i figure we're gonna hit all of the big news things as we hit the games what do you think i think so i we know what we're talking about for those of you familiar with uh Perhaps the Iliad, there you if go. you're familiar with the, you know, uh, the the scourge that Agamemnon was to Troy, um, you know, you know where we're going with this, and we'll talk about it when we get there. Uh, but yeah, we actually didn't prep that. I just happen to know who the Greek god of medicine is. Nice. Because I used to have a little statue in my room because I thought I was going to be a doctor one day, <laughs> and now I am a uh, casual podcaster. <laughs> so things are going about as well for me as they are for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about that and everything that happened week one. And we do our picks for week two. So thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll come here to you right before the kickoff of the new week, uh, where which part of us 50 percent is happy to get that taste out of our mouth and the other half could probably wish that last week was the super bowl and we can just ride off in the sunset for a month on that good feeling what do you think dan yeah it's strange i the cowboys actually canceled the remainder of their schedule they're just going to stand on that we've decided <laughs> that's we're like that will be just do that 16 more times we're good to go <laughs> be fine uh but anyways there's so there's a handful of games that can be games of the week there's so many games that are ripe with a lot of uh, discussion, of course, big topics, uh, games that are very important, uh, surprising uh, upsets. So to me, there was like two or three I could pick from. It came down to uh, the one I picked was the most exciting game to watch with your eyes the whole weekend, I would say. And so, Dan, what game do you think I'm talking about? I think you're probably talking about uh, Miami San Diego. I am talking about Miami, L.A., my friend, because they have not been in San Diego. Uh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. right. Dolphins, Chargers, 36 Listen, if we start talking about the Iliad, I just go back into history. It's we go we a little do. bit back. Um, we did not pick this one. We thought the Dolphins would not be ready going across the country to do it. I mean, we thought the Dolphins would be a bit good team, but, man, they looked, at least their offense, looked very good in this one. Uh, if you're a fan of defense, you might have been a little disappointed in this one, but, my God. You like guys catching the ball and just taking off down the field. 
Tua had 466 yards in this game, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Tyreek Hill was a big reason for that because he was 11 for, oh yeah, 215 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Just huge game for him. Herbert, a touchdown passing, a rushing touchdown. Eckler was the big guy, though, for the Chargers. Mm -hmm. 164 total from the ground. So this game is back and forth. Uh, The field goal right before the half was this, pass interference kind of questionable thing that got the dolphins up oh no it wasn't questionable i'm sorry he came over and shoved the guy it was such a deep pass and he didn't need to do it so the dolphins take the lead there 20 to 17 right before the half otherwise it was just back and forth everybody scoring everybody catching each other chargers had the lead in this one in the early fourth quarter 31 to 27 there was seven lead changes in this game and the very end Sanders, who was three for three in field goals for the Dolphins, misses the extra point just to leave it out there. It's like a, oh my God, we're going to do this now. Uh, A field goal would win it for the Chargers, but give it up to that defense. They turned it up that last drive and just uh, uh, exhaust. I mean, there was no way for Herbert to go anywhere with that ball. Yeah, I mean, Herbert had a fine game. You know, it wasn't crazy. He had a lot of bites of the apple, 66%. This is the sort of game that you look at at the end of the season and you go, ooh, if Justin Herbert were in that elite status, maybe he grabs this game. But Tua, because, I mean, we can talk about Justin Mm -hmm. Herbert all you want. Tua threw for 466. Yeah. He only threw it 45 times. Like, I know that doesn't, you know, 45 is a lot of throws. But 466, I mean, holy shit. He looked great. He looked great out there. He looked like whatever cobwebs or bell got rung last season completely recovered and is the Tua that people were tanking for. Oh, yeah. Is, I guess, the best way I could put it. Yeah, no, that one might have been one of his best games as a pro and to come out week one on the road and do it. Uh, And that was, like I said, it was like an answer-answer game and he was the catalyst for the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. Tyreek Hill had a great game, but... You so did um, Waddle. And, he was spreading the ball around. Yeah, yeah. He moved around to a bunch of different people and a bunch of different guys got home. But at the end of that last drive was Braxton Berrios, who I didn't yeah. realize was even signed by them. So, yeah, they figured out a <laughs> way to get everyone be. involved. Yeah, no, I should have been. Um, and then the Chargers, but you're right. The one thing you brought up that I think is very telling is oh, this is a game you look back in the Chargers, ah, if they could have gotten this one. I think that's something you say about the Chargers a lot. And in the last oh, yeah. few seasons, too, is like, man, if they only got a few of those tight ones, and they haven't been. They haven't been closing the door on those, so it's going to hurt I, them. There's a couple things that we always say that are going to come up a lot this week, which is, oh, man, if the Titans had just been able to pull that one out. Oh, sorry, if the, uh, <laughs> the Chargers had just been able to pull that one out. Oh, man, the Titans are you know a quarterback away. Uh, man, the Bears can't seem to find a starter. And wow, is the fucking Packers, do they still have a fucking good quarterback? These are things that have been true for the last 30 fucking years. I don't see when they're going to change. Um, and Miami's making that happen again for the Chargers all over. Yeah, that's a good, very good point. If we're saying the same things again, then what did everyone do in the offseason? Where were we? We blinked and we're back. Um, so, yeah, this game, a blast to watch. If you want to sit down and just watch one from last week, that was a lot of fun. As long as you're not a Chargers fan, you're going to enjoy that one. And, again, a fan of defense. But uh, attract me. Attract me back and forth. Like I said, uh, two uh, just 45 uh, passing attempts. 
28 completions. A lot of it, yeah, they caught the ball and would turn around and just take off for more. But he had some good touch passes, looked really good in there. And, yeah, he keeps that up for 16 more weeks. We're talking MVP. We absolutely are. Oh, absolutely. Um, moving on. We'll continue because it's so many games this week. Uh, and I, I shoved a bunch into two-minute two for us. Um, you said it. Uh, oh, man, if the Titans only this and that, that's what we're going to talk about next. The Titans losing to the Saints in New Orleans. Neither of us picked this one either. So I'm starting with us 0 for 2 here in these picks. Yeah, not uh, a great start for us. Titans 15, Saints 16. Do you know who did pick the Saints, though, Dan? Your mom. My mom did. Yep. yep. Uh, no, this one was one that was kind of up in the air, we thought. Uh, Tannehill did not do any help. Three interceptions in this one. It was, again, Nick Folk kicking five for five field goals. So he does what he did in uh, in New England is just put on all of what? their points. What a great trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At least they got that. Uh, Derek Carr looked good. 305 yards passing. He led that last part of the drive. Uh, he got Olave involved, who's the uh, the weapon there. Uh, he was getting the ball to Mike Thomas. Mike Thomas I saw there catching passes like like it was 2017 all over again. I mean, if we're talking about the Iliad, yeah, we're talking about Michael <laughs> Thomas being productive in New Orleans, so that makes sense. We're going back in time somewhere. Uh, this game, though, 9-6 at the half. There wasn't much going on. Uh, the first touchdown in the whole game was Shahid's touchdown at the end of the third quarter. So these are two offenses that are kind of figuring things out. Uh, and then uh, I don't, Titans... I don't know if that's true. <laughs> you would say again. Yeah, I, I don't know if uh, the Titans are figuring it out. No, you don't I think... think the Titans have figured it out. This is the Titans yeah, offense? it's bad. <laughs> oh, no. This is the Titans offense. This is, do not let Ryan Tannehill keep throwing this motherfucker. Did you... Have we seen his stat line? Yes. it's like, Well, I said three interceptions, is, but under 200 yards passing. The game was worse than his stat line. He was under two. So he threw the ball 34 times, which is fine. That's a Ryan Tannehill game. But he was less than 50% completion with Derrick Henry in the backfield. Yeah. I don't know why the fuck they stopped running Derrick Henry. This game was never out of reach. Like, nope. These are the sort of games where you're like, just pound the fucking rock. Like, what are you doing? Why did this game get into Ryan Tannehill's hands in the first place for him to fuck it up? It's only, yeah, you're right. It was uh, always a one-score game the whole time. They had the lead at the halftime, the Titans did. Um, No, I don't know when Ryan Tannehill also became just a statue back there. The one thing about Tannehill was he was a surprisingly mobile guy. Maybe it's just so many years and sacks later, but he... There's no option thing with uh, Henry and things like that, but I guess Henry isn't going to catch the ball out of the backfield, though, too, so maybe that's what makes him a statue. But he's 35. Ryan Tannehill is 35 years old, and he's, he's like, fucking hard miles, like country miles 35. Right. You know, this is a guy that played wide receiver in college. This is a guy that, you know, some tread has worn off the Ryan Tannehill tires. He won't be finishing this season. Those those young quarterbacks will be in uh, sooner than later. I don't know which one wins the job, honestly, at this point. Ooh. But and that's not a good thing to say. Um, here's a stat: Titans have held their last eight opponents to under a hundred yards rushing. Their stat okay. line: zero and eight in those games. They have oh, not boy. won their last eight games. Oh, that that My God. yeah yeah. So rough one for the Titans. Uh, good defense, and the offense is just kind of letting them down here in this 15-16 to 16 loss. But what it leads <sighs> us to talk about is the Chargers coming to uh, Tennessee this week. Not a get-right game for Tennessee by any stretch of the imagination. This is 
you're talking about an explosive offense, and it seems like the Chargers do if if they have no other problems. Uh, or sorry, if they have a whole bunch of problems, one of them is not an effective offense. Mm. Like they're clearly going to be able to put this up. Can the Titans' defense stay with them? I don't know. Can the Titans' offense score with them? I know they cannot. Right. Um, I don't. I feel like the Chargers are just a more complete team. Um, we'll talk about it a lot this week, but week one doesn't mean a ton. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. You know, if you went zero and one, guess what? So did half the league. You know, I I want to say more than half the teams that went. Uh, 0-1 are going to be in the division race or a playoff race come week 16. Somebody said there's like seven teams that were in playoffs last year that lost. So oh, yeah. It's quite a big, yeah. So right there, that's about half. You know, that makes right. sense. So it's your season is not over. The Titans have got to figure out what they're doing with Tannehill long-term. You've got maybe another year or two with Derrick Henry. That's about it. Um, and also, this is the last year of his contract. So, are you even going to re up Derrick Henry, or are you going to try to do a whole uh, overhaul of this offense and with what draft capital? So, mm. you know, for me, uh, the Tennessee Titans are—if they can't get Tannehill back to his form, if they can't get a good quarterback in, we're talking about a potential top five pick here. Yeah, you know, I know that you know we talked about Tennessee being pretty good this year. After this game, I'm I'm pretty nervous. I'm not tombstoning them yet, but Tannehill's <laughs> got to show me something in week two. Yeah, they. I mean, I didn't expect them to. Oh no, I did. Sorry, I picked them to to beat the the, the Saints. I think this told me Saints might be better than maybe I thought. But yeah, the Titans were a little bit disappointing. They need to f- if they're going to pick early, then you need to figure out how these quarterbacks. Uh, that you already have in the building are. So get them out on the field is what I would say. Uh, But yeah, I guess there's a plan there. This is a Chargers at Titans game. Chargers are coming over there at noon on uh, Sunday. So that we can see uh, it's an early start in Tennessee. Dan, you're... You're picking this one first. We won't get into why, but just go ahead. (laughs) Not really important. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I think Tennessee is going to wind up winning. Uh, sorry, my apologies. Tennessee is going to wind up losing this game. Um, yeah, I think they're going to start out 0-2, and, and then you're going to have immediate calls for Ryan Tannehill's head. Um, whether there's a better option behind him, I don't know, but Tennessee needs to find out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the Chargers are a better team, so I like the Chargers here even on the road. Tennessee maybe does – yeah, their defense will keep the, uh, the Chargers probably a little more controlled than last week, but – the, the Chargers are going to pull this one out, I think. Mm-hmm. Moving on, let's talk about one that I got right. Let's talk about the Eagles beating the Patriots. 25-20. to 20. Um, I didn't, I, If I was worried about like them winning, I, I could have sweated it, though, because it was a tight one. Uh, this one was 16-14 to 14 Eagles at the half. Hurts just one touchdown. He had a real bad fumble that gave the uh, Patriots some life there at the end. But... Uh, you had uh, Elliott four for four in field goals for the Eagles, and then Mac Jones had one of his better days: three hundred sixteen yards passing, three touchdowns. He did have an interception, uh, born two touchdowns. That last pass there by Jones on the sidelines, you could have said the guy probably could have dragged his feet, and mm-hmm. it would have been a different ending. But instead, the Eagles leave a lot of a lot of open windows on this one. It'd be like. Patriots want to take a win. Patriots want to take a home win, and they couldn't do it. Eagles win it. I actually think this was a pretty good game for both of these teams in terms of the outcome of the game. 
we knew that these Eagles were losing their offensive and defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You can't expect them to come out humming week one, which they clearly didn't. I mean, this was probably Jalen Hurts' worst game since he was a rookie, um, but it, it he's still a guy that was able to be efficient with the football, didn't make a ton of mistakes, no interceptions, only had the one uh, TD, but Mac Jones actually looked like a guy who's been listening to Bill O'Brien's tutelage, taking what they're giving him, you know, making it available. They need more help in the run game, um, but that Patriots defense also was really flying to the football, really making Hurts' job much more difficult. Um, so even with this loss, I think New England feels better about their offense, which was their big sticking point. And I think even with this win, Philadelphia goes, okay, we've, you know, we got away with this one. Uh, we're still 1-0. We're still, you know, in a tie for the division lead. We've got to make some changes. We've got to get our offense and our, our shit figured out. Defense still looks good, though. Yeah. No, the Eagles jumped on quick with the pick six, and um, it, they were up 16 to nothing in the first quarter, but the Patriots brought it back. So there was that feeling at halftime that they had the momentum back. Eagles were not taking full advantage to put it away in the second half, just field goals. So there, there was mm-hmm. a chance there uh, for the Patriots to take it, and it was just, yeah, not enough. So I think the Patriots' defense has shown – They'll keep them in games maybe this year. But like you said, it's week one. Who knows? We have no idea. We'll see how it goes. Um, this can... I state no facts week one. Right, yeah. There are no can... facts. Yeah. We can it's have just a... all, watch out for We this. got a taste of what we might have here, but we don't have a full idea of what's to come. It's an aperitif, if, if anything. If you any. know, it's not even, maybe it's not even an appetizer. It's just a, you know, a sorbet. A whiff. Kind of, Somebody uh, walked by with a plate yeah. and go, ooh, that smelled good. Maybe yeah. I'd like to it's eat a... it. <laughs> It's a rumor of a whiff. Yeah. You know, that's how fleeting this is. Tell someone it. talking about something yeah, sure. they might have smelled. Six, you know 16, 17 more. We, we have no idea. No big deal. We got plenty of time. Um, Sunday Night Football. The Miami Dolphins are going to Boston. They're playing the Patriots. It's Dolphins at Patriots, a big NFC East matchup. Dan, who you like? It's Dolphins at Patriots. Mm. Patriots tend to do very well against the Dolphins in Foxborough. They tend to do real shitty against them in Miami. Yeah, that's the flip. I know we said the same thing about Jacksonville and, and Indianapolis, but I was impressed by New England's defense. I know Bill Belichick's got something cooked up for Tua. I know he saw something in week one that Brandon Staley did not see. I oh, know sure. he's like, okay, I got a fucking answer for this motherfucker. If... The Patriots' offense can be even as good as they were in this game. I actually think the Patriots win this one at home. Kind of slow down the hype train on Miami just a touch. I'm not saying two is bad. I'm not saying he's going to have a bad game. But I can actually see New England splitting the series with them going one and one to start the season. I'm picking New England. This is uh, year two with Bill O'Brien at offensive? Year one. This is they just hired him in the off season. Yep. It's such been a long time I'm trying to remember when this happened. Because remember, McDaniel's was here last year. No, McDaniel's was in uh, Vegas was last he in year. Vegas? Yeah, he was, was already he? in Vegas. I think it's been. I think he's been at least here a year, maybe then. Oh no, no, no. He so he was in Alabama last year. Okay. He came back to New England this year. Okay, because they were. Oh, who was it? Who was doing the offense coordinating last year? It was like was it, it Patricia was and everybody. Yeah, there was no, like it a, was uh, Belichick's kid. It was like Stephen Belichick was, was the offensive coordinator. He kept bullshit. joking about yeah that he they don't really throw coordinator names usually even Patriots. It's just like I have seven yeah. assistant coaches. Uh, yeah. 
I can't, I don't know. Uh, they, yeah, they're, the offense looks like it's trending in the right direction, but I'm not going to say that the Patriots are a team that uh, will beat these top uh, tiers in the division. And I think the Dolphins, Dolphins were a team I was wavering on coming into this year because I could see them taking a down tick. So mm-hmm. they were the ones that kind of surprised me most this year, uh, last week. One of the few teams that I was like, all right, now I'm, I'm, my eyes are open on the Miami Dolphins, so I like them mm-hmm. on the road here. So we're picking opposite this one. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I'm I'm worried if New England goes 0-2 yeah. right, to start the season with two straight home losses, that's pretty substantial. That's a Bill Belichick suddenly weirdly on the hot seat situation. It's weird to be in that place, but yeah, I, right? I think Bill would want to find some even. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens if that situation occurs. Oh, man, we're at Buccaneers 20, Vikings 17. We didn't see this this coming. It's not even – we should just skip this one. No, it was a game. (laughs) Uh, I guess it was a game. So uh, Mayfield, two touchdowns in this one. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 344 yards passing, two touchdowns himself, and also an interception and two fumbles I'm reading here. That's not good. Justin Jefferson, 150 yards. That sounds good. Oh, 12 in the second half. That's, That's not good. Yeah. Anyways, 10 all at halftime. Yeah, I obviously I watched this whole thing. Um, I don't want to take away uh, – let me start here. I don't want to take away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was saying the whole time I thought they were a bottom five team in this. If if we have Tampa Bay fans that listen to this show, they're like, eat it, Scott, and I have to. Tampa Bay showed up. They played a better game than the Vikings here. Um, uh, Devin White, you don't run anyone past him. He doesn't miss a tackle just there boom wrapped up to the ground every every time um and then um antoine winfield jr antoine's kid you know antoine winfield's kid oh yeah he uh is a menace too and gets whether he's in the backfield like safety's not supposed to be back there that often i don't know if anyone told this kid but (laughs) damn uh, so that defense, yeah, was a pain in my butt the whole time. Vita Vea shouldn't move that fast. He was catching our faster running backs on the freak. outside. Like, how? That's not fair. So He's anyways, a freak, baby. We've known that for years. Yeah, that was happening constantly. But uh, I got a look at uh, Flores' defense, and that looked pretty good. And that got in mm-hmm. everyone's face a little bit until – Mayfield got a couple of lucky things there, but the Buccaneers offense didn't really do a whole lot that was that scary in this game. The 20 points was more luck and short fields and the defense getting tired by the offense and Kirk Cousins constantly turning over the dang ball. Um, So the first one, hard to blame Cousins when your guard completely smacks the ball out of your hand after you had a very nice drive going. Um that one was really rough, but the other ones, man, um, the other fumble Cousins has just standing there patting, patting, patting the ball, has no idea that there's an unblocked guy coming in his face, and it wasn't a blind, I mean, in his face, uh, like an A-gap blitz, and then the third one was a bad pass behind K.J. Osborne on the goal line. It kills a, what would have been points there at the end of the half, all of that stuff, like one of them leads to a Buccaneers field goal. The other ones could have been field goals for the Vikings. Then there was, um, yeah, all that stuff. It's almost like a 9 to 12 point flip in a three point game. So when it ended, it was like, shucks. But I wasn't like, it didn't bum out my rest of my day. I was like, all right, that's that was awful, but 
I see what we can be. Jefferson was running free down the field a lot of spots here. Uh, there was a long touchdown by the young guy, Addison. So there were bright points in this. It wasn't a team that – it they just felt like they shot themselves in the foot so much. You know, how can I trip over my own dick now? And they figured those ways out. So that's what I saw. I will say this. I know you. we don't want to get too deep into this game. You obviously watched it more acutely than I did. Um, being – Basically being in a three turnover deficit to only lose by three. Yeah. That gives me a little bit... I would be less worried about that. Be like, okay, that shit we just got to clean up. That's not, oh, our offense can't get it done. Oh, we don't have enough players. Oh, our offense is making bad decisions. You can kind of label those like that Pythagorean win theorem where the the Vikings didn't lose a fucking one-point game all or one-possession game all year last year. Right. And then they, they go 0-1 in one-possession games right now. It's just the way the cookie crumbles, mm-hmm. you know? If you guys had even one less turnover, you win this game. I don't and know why I, you're saying you guys. I didn't play. I didn't play like that bad. I, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like I'm distancing myself from this right, game. I don't right, know. right. This week, listen, I'm going to say you play for the Vikings <laughs> because I very shortly needed to say that I play for the Dallas Cowboys because <laughs> yes. I wrapped up my ego in that shit. There week. we go. No, you're right. Absolutely right. And I think they yeah have the opportunity here to to shake that one off and be like, let's focus on the good stuff. Um, They don't have a very long chance to decide, though. It's a quick turnaround. Vikings at Eagles happens Thursday night. Um, Vikings, as I said, we, there we go, lost the center, Bradbury, immediately. Uh, Not good to to be on backups in the middle of your offensive line against the Philadelphia Eagles, I'll tell you that. But I guess Hicks might miss this one, too, so there's a missing tackle there for them. But... Uh, Gainwell's out. I mean, Thursday Night Football, we're already here where we're dealing with a lot of injuries and, and banged up teams. That's that's kind of cruddy, but uh, no no flex at least yet. <laughs> but um, Thursday Night Football, Vikings at Eagles. I um, Obviously, you're picking first, but uh, quick turnaround. What do you think? Um, I actually like your Vikings because I hate the Eagles so goddamn much. It's just that's in my bones. Right. Um, so it's hard for me to make an undiluted uh, opinion about this. <laughs> I'm a little worried with the Bradbury injury and Darasaw also might yeah, be out Darisaw's as well. Questionable. I, I'm going to say this. If Darasaw's out, I'm going to pick the Eagles okay. because you can't miss two you know, pretty good players on your offensive line against a still loaded for bear uh, Philly defense and expect it to go well. If Darasaw's in, I'm going to take the Vikings. Can I do that? Can I qualify there? Sure, sure. Um, I'm hoping Darius has in. He's been limited participant in the practices. You know, Thursday short week practices is like mm-hmm. a walkthrough into something, everything. But uh, he also came back after his injury in the f- week one. So it just all depended on how bad that was and what they saw from it. And if they feel like, yeah, a short week is worth it for him. So it is a long season. We'll see what they say. But, yeah, if he's, if he's in, you got the Vikings. If he's out... You're picking with me because I'm taking the Eagles on the short week. Um, listen, it's a it's a Thursday night. You pick the home team on Thursday night. It's the smart pick too. Um, I think, uh, like you said, though, maybe something spectacular happens with their coordinators and stuff getting replaced. Maybe these guys don't see Devonta Smith running free on our very questionable secondary. But, oh, that was something. <laughs> the Vikings were talking about this because I listened to the radio things a lot. Uh any defender who was dressed was used in that game on uh, on Sunday. 
God Flores damn. was throwing anyone in, not at the end, at any time in the draft, like th- th- uh, third quarter or whatever. There's Troy Die in the game, a linebacker. They well, he's Troy Die. Yeah, he put anybody in at any time, I guess, to keep him fresh, whatever. But it was, it was interesting to see because maybe he's just trying to see, like, well, who's going to make a play? Uh, Bayf- Baker Mayfield came out and said that. They, they picked up the Vikings' play calls. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I think a lot of teams just believe they do. But Yeah, also, if you picked up the Vikings' play calls defensively, why did you only score 20 fucking points <laughs> on three turnovers? What do no. you Don't say that shit, Baker. It'd be one thing if he came out and went like, I threw for 500 fucking yards. Yeah, I had him early. It's like, Baker Mayfield threw for fucking 173 yards. Yeah. If I figured out a defense's hand signals, I'm probably throwing for 100. Uh, I mean, Jesus. This is, though, I mean to give uh, quarterback wins. Mayfield has been on four teams. Uh, three of them, his opening game has been a win. The only loss came in Carolina. Yeah. I mean, Baker Mayfield is not that guy. I mean, we yeah. already we know this. Like, He's not that guy. I appreciate that he's a spunky dickhead. Um, I appreciate it. I'm sure the Buccaneers are like, hey, this is a guy that transitions us from one, you know, Tom Brady-led team to another. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not... I'm not looking at Baker Mayfield as the comeback player of the year. I don't think this game would would dictate that he's on his way for that either. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, let's talk about uh, two other teams, though, in the NFC South. Listen to that segue. Panthers, Ooh. Falcons, Panthers 10, Falcons 24. We both picked this right. We had the Dirty Birds winning it. Uh, it was uh, Bryce Young's first game. It's a learning experience for the young man. One touchdown, two picks. Ritter, uh, just a touchdown himself, and he didn't look very great. Um, Algier, it was a running game. Mm-hmm. Let's just say the running game for the Atlanta Falcons. Algier had the the, uh, the stats, but uh, the excitement came with uh, the young man, um, Bijan uh, the Mustard Robinson. No, Bijan Robinson <laughs> Bijan. and his, his one uh, receiving Freeze. touchdown. Man, caught that screen and immediately juked the guy out. Like, how a guy can completely read that a screen's coming and still miss the tackle. Never seen it happen, but I saw it happen on that play. So, people forget that Arthur Smith used to be the offensive uh, line coach, tight ends coach, offensive coordinator for the Tennessee no-throw Titans. (laughs) And people were surprised that Desmond Ritter's not out here trying to light shit up. Like... He does not want Desmond Ritter throwing this ball twenty times a game because he's the he's the guy that made Ryan Tannehill look legitimate. Mm-hmm. You got to remember that about Arthur Smith. This is a guy that if if Desmond Ritter throws twenty times a game, 150, 200 yards a game, and he's got two rushers over seventy five yards, Arthur Smith is a happy fucking man. This game went exactly as Arthur Smith wanted it to go. Don't make any fucking mistakes. Run the shit out of the ball. Give Algier and Bijan a relatively similar workload, and make both of those guys look pretty fucking good. So, yeah, I'd say this was a great Atlanta Falcons game. This is kind of what we thought would happen to the Panthers. It's a you know rookie quarterback. It's Bryce Young. He's struggling. He's got to struggle against even a mediocre defense like Atlanta has. Um, but still, first game. You just got to get those jitters out. I'm more happy for Atlanta than I am disappointed in Carolina. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And no, uh, Carolina's, it's a, obviously a rebuilding year. You got a rookie quarterback. Oh, yeah. Uh, a game like this, I think you go back and look at Peyton Manning's first game, and it'll some, you know, he throws a lot of interceptions. You just drop back. Mm-hmm. You see what you see. You see what you can do. Um, 
Thielen was dealing with an injury, played in this game, but maybe he wasn't 100%. And who else does he have there? Hayden Hurst? Like, there's not, there's not a skill <laughs> overload. Threw the fucking ball. Threw his touchdown ball into the stands. That's right. He had to go get back. He got it back, apparently. He got so it back. The good fans, you could good hand, for them. You could hand Bryce Young a football and be like, yep, got it. <sighs> yep, that's it. Yeah. There. The, the uh, fan's like, no, they didn't. Um, I want to say uh, Cincinnati Bengals got to be kicking themselves. They let Jesse Bates out the door when he first game for the Falcons has two interceptions. I mean, in fairness, he was a big free agent signing. Uh, Jesse a lot Bates of money. Was, yeah, he got a lot of money. I think, you know, Cincinnati didn't want to let him go. That's just a fucking ton of money. Looks like sure. he's earning it, though. So, yeah. Which yeah. is rare for a safety nowadays. Yeah, you still don't like to see your good players. Yeah, lighten it up immediately oh, yeah. where they're at. Um, and that's, yeah, those are the stats I had for this game. Um I don't know if this means the Falcons go win this division. It's going to be up in the air, I think, all year. I think the Panthers are going to get better and better as Bryce Young Wide does open. more. So we'll see what happens. The Panthers get a home game this week, and they remain in division. The Saints come into town. This is Monday night football. This is week two, and the new uh, NFL schedule has two games on Monday night football played almost si- almost simultaneously week two. This is the game starting first. Saints at Panthers. We're talking uh, Central Standard uh, time here in the Midwest Cornfields. Seven uh, fifteen start Monday Night Football. Dan, who you taking? Uh, it is only because I, I like the Saints. I've always liked the Saints. I've always liked Derek Carr. I think this is going to be another game where. Dennis Allen maybe has something cooked up for Bryce Young. I think the Panthers start 0-2 now. I think the Saints go 2-0, have a surprising early start, and eventually calm the fuck down. But I think I think the Saints are probably going to pull this one out as well. Um, if I remember, I think, I think Derek Carr is kind of a streaky guy. I think uh, winning and stuff helps him and helps out the, mm-hmm. the, the forward push of them. So I think, yeah, winning from last week is, is what they'll be riding forward on. So... Yeah, this is a Monday night one under the lights. I can see the Panthers putting together a good game for the the young quarterback and surprising him, but the running backs had a pretty good game for him last week, and it wasn't enough, and they only had 10 points. So the Panthers need Mm -hmm. to show me more before I start picking them. I like the Saints in this one, too. Uh, Oh, this leads us to our very first break of the season. And, guys, take it deep, long as you can. Excuse me. Because when we return. <laughs> Scott's drunk. It's a very long two-minute no offense that we must get through because there's so many games and so much left oh, to discuss you can't this even week. And we're already this far in, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is the Ooh, baby, I like it, bro. Yeah, baby, I like it, bro. Ooh, baby, I like it, bro. Yeah, baby, I like it, bro. Thank you so much for returning, everybody. We're back from the break, which means it's time for everyone's favorite. Oh my gosh, I am drunk. Everyone's favorite segment all year round. It is the Scott takes a breathalyzer. That's our favorite. (laughs) No, favorite segment. I, I, I'm drunk on football fun. Um, oh, it is. True. It 
It's the quickest. It's the quickest segment around. It is the two minute. No offense. Because no offense. Uh, maybe you showed up in your fucking Steelers jersey expecting to watch a good game, mm. uh, and you fucked up big time by even showing up to Heinz Field. So uh, why don't you just sit through this? We're going to make it quick and painless. Uh, we got two minutes of, uh, for some of you, joy, and for some of you, uh, just pure anger. Yeah, I'll see if I can get through all these in two minutes, but let the clock roll. And ready to go. 49ers, 30, Steelers, 7. I picked this one. Dan took the Steelers. Oh, my God. This was. There's been a couple games, and we'll talk about them. A few of them are in the two-minute no offense, where right away the other team got punched in the mouth so fucking hard. They're like, what the fuck happened? Yep. And they couldn't get it together the entire game. This was one of those. This didn't teach me a lot about the Steelers. It did teach me that the 49ers are not to be fucked with, but we kind of knew that anyway. Got to stay on just like 49ers. I'm touting them here for the two-minute no offense. McCaffrey's long touchdown. Ayuk had two touchdowns. The defense, oh, five sacks, just, just dominating them. Uh, in, in the game, where T.J. Watt had three himself, so yeah, <laughs> real good. The Browns beat up in the Bengals on a on a rainy day that neither of us saw coming. Twenty four to three, real surprising. Um, once again, doesn't tell me a lot about the Bengals. This seemed like just a bad fucking week. Also, Joe Burrow has not been. He's a guy that needs rhythm. Yeah, um, has not been in rhythm. I think he'll get it together. I I don't think this is an indictment on the Bengals, nor is it a. Uh, have at you for the Browns. No notable stats for the Bengals in this one. Watson had a touchdown and a rushing touchdown, but he also had an interception. It was he looked okay. it was Chubb. It was Hopkins. Uh, the Browns did lose Jack Conklin though. Torres ACL and MCL. No, right tackle out for the season. Sucks. Texans nine. Ravens twenty five. We both saw this coming. We both picked it. Yeah, I learned nothing. The Ravens uh, seemed like they were kind of sluggish at first, kind of getting it going, and the Texans just seemed like they're not very good, but they're young and they're fun, so have fun. Yep, just field goal for the Texans. Uh, a couple touchdowns for Hill for the Ravens, but they lost Dobbins, torn Achilles. That's something that happened this week. That might be the career. Yeah, for Ron Dobbins can't stay healthy. Um, Ravens, though, five sacks. Packers, 38. Bears, 20. We didn't pick that one right. Ugh, transfer of ownership completed. My God. This was so, from the Bears fans that I talked to, this is like the most disappointing loss they can remember. Yeah. I feel really bad for them. No, God, it sucks. This was a kick around for the Bears. They thought there was a chance in this one. This one is at home, uh, and Ooh. it looked like the same damn team rolled out there. Fields did look good. He was dropping back and passing, and, and that's ah, not his game. Bad. And then oh. you have the other side of the ball and Love throwing three touchdowns and Aaron Jones going nuts over him. Uh, Romeo Dobbs isn't supposed to have two touchdowns on your defense, but they got no, rid of really a lot not. of that defense. The Bears did so. Packers looked really good. Got to tout the Packers right now. Mm-hmm. And then finally, you Dallas Cowboys forty over the Giants zero. Uh, so we're well past the two minutes. Go uh, ahead, go. But ahead. I'm not. <laughs> I'm actually not going to harp on this game. Okay. This was the Giants actually looked great in the first drive, and then had a pretty bad sack had a penalty, and then had a field goal blocked and returned for touchdown. Yeah, They got down 9 to nothing really quickly. Then they got down 16 to nothing, and at that point, it was fucking over. Yeah. Because all the Cowboys had to do was just stack the fucking box because Dimes couldn't pass it for shit. It's in the middle of a goddamn rainstorm, and we were just on Saquon Barkley, and just, we had seven fucking sacks, dude. We just pinned our ears back. Once this thing got to, like, the 20s, like, it was disgusting. We took Dak out in the fourth quarter. They should have taken Dimes out in the fucking third quarter. (laughs) This was bad. Once again, though, not an indictment on what I think the 
Giants are going to be. I think they're going to be a fine team this year. I think the Cowboys' defense is going to be really good, but I've thought that for a while, and you know, Dan Quinn is not making me rethink my positivity. Um, but this doesn't mean the Cowboys are going to go 17-0. They're going to go 17-0 because they're the fucking best, mm-hmm. not because of this game. Yeah. Um, and I think I think the, the Giants still have a chance to make the playoffs. They just need a couple more wide receivers because that wide receiver room is also fucking awful. Yeah, so um, you're right. This they they got smacked in the the mouth and then they never came back. I mean, twenty six to nothing at at the half. Just that they couldn't get amount anything, any points, no. nothing was was really embarrassing. Um, they missed the say, field goal too. <laughs> they missed they, kind of over two. Gano over two. Yeah. yeah, the block and the mid, yeah. Um, you're right. Yeah, you're saying it doesn't. The eighty thing you did have the Giants doing well this season, actually finishing above the Eagles in the division when we did the, the mm-hmm. preview thing. I was the one who had him necked down, so I'm feeling like this was like a vindication for like, okay, yeah, yeah, right? The Giants weren't... But part of me, like, even when I saw... So I went to bed at one point. I think I saw it almost near halftime, though, already, 26 to nothing. So I didn't expect him, but when you see the end score and, and just, like, how bad of a blow it was, it was like, wow, Giants. And I was like, oh, man, that's the team that knocked me out just, like, months ago. <laughs> like, that doesn't feel good. Like, how the heck? But it's been an off season and things change. I'm sure you know the stat from this game. This is the the one that I pulled out of here. This is a crazy stat early on here, but it's for this game. Uh, I'm going to say it. I'm sure you've heard it. This Giants loss, 40 to nothing. That's mm-hmm. number one. Otis 0-7 in sacks. No sacks mm-hmm. to seven sacks. Lost the turnover battle, negative yep. three. A yep. field goal block for a touchdown mm-hmm. and a pick six. Mm-hmm. No team has had that happen. All of those things happen to them in an entire season, let alone one game, <laughs> which is what happened to the Giants here. This was when you put somebody getting fucking boat raced. Yeah. This is the definition of boat race. This is the worst beating I've ever seen a team take. And it they didn't quit. I will give the Giants that. They did not quit. They were trying. Oh, my God. Nothing was going right for them. No. It was a fucking disaster start to finish. Some mistakes they made, obviously, but also just nothing was going right. You kind of feel for them. It felt a lot like the Cowboys game in Minnesota last year. <laughs> really yeah, did. kind of. Um, so, yeah, the Cowboys can can find these these games once in a while. So if they keep it going, I mean, at defense alone, like you said, you didn't even have to ask much from your offense. Pollard did have two no. touchdowns, but Dak under 150 yards <laughs> passing. I, and this is the weirdest thing is people are like, wow, the offense didn't do anything. What the fuck did you want them to do? Right. For, yeah, like, you didn't have literally, to. There's two defensive touchdowns. We ain't got to do shit. Sit on the ball yeah. and, yeah. Yeah, just let the fucking defense tee off. You'll be fine. Everything's fine. Don't fucking worry about it. Okay, so we could talk about some games for week two. Uh, let's do the Monday Night Football second one. Uh, that is the Cleveland Browns going to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. So this is the game that starts an hour after Saints and Panthers kick off. So uh, get your second TV rolled in. What can I tell you, everybody? Yeah. Figure out how to do picture in picture because you can't miss a second. <laughs> So Tomlin does not have losing seasons, right? right? And I think it would be really, really disastrous for the Steelers, especially to come out here and lose that fucking laugher to San Francisco and then to be beaten by the Browns at home. I don't know if their psyche could withstand it. I think the Steelers are going to win this one at home because I can't can't accept this early in the season 
that Pickett is bad, Pickens is bad, Harris is bad, that whole offense is bad. I can't accept it just yet. So I'm going to take the Steelers at home against these very happy Browns. They will be. Steelers will be without Deontay Johnson. He's going to miss a few weeks uh, injury. I think it's hamstring. I forget what I, sa- I saw. Soft tissue, man. Got to be careful. Um, but you're right. There's still plenty others, and I feel like it's just you know more options for get pickings the ball. Um, yeah, I think the Steelers under lights. Come on, against Cleveland. Uh, oh, yeah. sure, there'll be some Browns fans there, and the Browns fans have some reason here maybe to get start get excited. But no, I feel like the this is a a bounce back game for the Steelers too. Uh, I think so. You know, you know your divisional rivals well, and and this is where they can both split one and one and get real messy in that and AFC North. Uh, speaking of AFC North, they're matching up against each other this week. You guys, the Ravens at Bengals is another game for this is Sunday at noon. Um, mm-hmm. This one could be a late start, honestly, so we could get our eyes on it. But Sunday at noon, all right, Ravens at Bengals. This allows us to talk about before picking this game. Joe Burrow getting that extension. That's happened since the last time we've talked to you guys. Uh, the news broke like during the first drive of the Chiefs and uh, Lions game. It was a very interesting breaking news spot. They're like, um, do we give the Kansas City Chiefs something to, you know, fans something to cheer back? No, real quick, I want a Joe Burrow news to come out during their game. It felt, mm-hmm. it felt almost on purpose. Joe did it on purpose. I mean, and then like, the way that game went, I can't believe we haven't even gotten to that game yet. Uh, the way that game went, uh, what a night for the Bengals fans, man. That had to feel good Thursday night. I mean, it, it didn't last because Sunday was bad, but. This is a lot of money. Deserved amount of money. I mean, five years, $275 million. It's a logical increase in mm-hmm. you know the salary cap. His peak salary cap number is when he's 33 years old, he's got a $68 million cap hit. <laughs> $68 million. He's making about $45 million in cash this year. He makes $65 million cash next year. That's what they hand him in fucking cash. That is so much money. Good for Joe Burrow. Um, this contract te- keeps him under team control till the age of 33. Um, so this is his big contract. And this is when he talks about like my the window for the Bengals is my whole career. Um, as long as week one was just an aberration, I still think that's true. So this is a great contract signed by the Bengals, who weren't cheap motherfuckers like they usually are. No, you can't, you couldn't be with Joe Burrow, obviously. This is what you save up that money for if you were being cheap. Um, Burrow came in the league older than Mahomes, right? Mm, what do you mean? Age-wise? Like oh, yeah, Joe Burrow was 23 or 24 when he got drafted. Okay, because you're saying, yeah, he's going to be 33 by the end of this five-year contract. Like, that seems quick already for him, but... So he's got to be around the same age as Mahomes and, like... Yeah, no, they're all kind of in the same spot. Like, uh, I want to say Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen are all 27, I okay. believe. Okay, so, yeah, Burrow... Yeah, because he was, like, a senior coming out. Yeah, he was a fifth-year senior coming out. Okay. So he had been in, at Ohio State for a while, and then he had two years as a starter at LSU. It makes sense to get him on a contract now. Yeah, don't wait. The money's just going to go up and up. Um, with his contract and every, everybody else, uh, Bosa's, it was Justin Jefferson that didn't get his. And he's like, well, then you know, we'll just go forward and maybe we'll talk about it next year or whatever. I don't know, yeah, if there'll be a contract then that happens with them midseason. Um he might be wanting to see which Mark Chase gets. Uh, it's a weird one. I think 
he gets whatever, whatever the money number ends up being, but it's got to be astronomical given what he's doing in the yeah. stats. So we'll have to wait and see that number. But Joe Burrow got his highest paid. You know, he's a quarterback. This is this is how things go, you guys. So five years, $275 million is the full oh, thing. And uh, my apologies to correct myself. Uh, Mahomes is about to turn 28. Okay. And uh, Joe Burrow is still 26. He turns 27 this year. Okay, all right. So at least a year. That's still, yeah, yeah. basically the same. But they're all, guys. I mean, they've got another five years of their prime, I think, very easily. They've got five years of being, yeah. you know, top five quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> and Mahomes has signed up for, ten, it was a 10-year deal, right? 10-year so. deal. His, dude, his fucking contract looks so good for the Chiefs. Right. It's, it's got to get, no, they even basically are saying now, based on what Burrow and, and Allen are making, they're like, well, we kind of have to give Mahomes a, a raise now because he's the best court. You know, that just makes sense. So, but you literally can just give him all the money that you said because his cap hit yeah. is actually reasonable. It's a smart, for it's a very year. smart deal. Yeah, it's kind of weird that it worked out that way, but yeah, it works out for the Chiefs a lot. Uh, so let's pick the game: Ravens at Bengals. Dan, what do you think on this one? Bengals have got to have it. The Ravens didn't like fucking thrill me, you know, in their win against the Texans. The Bengals, I think, have got to have this. I think they improve. I think they get it figured out. I think this is going to be a tough week of practice, but I think the Bengals win this one at home. Yeah, what a fun uh, playoff game we got between these two, and uh, obviously they can't wait to play each other again, so this will be a fun one, but it's in Cincy, and yeah, as rough as last week was, you got to assume they're going to be shaking off a lot of rust right away. I like the Bengals, too. Um, I see there's news to T Higgins. There's not going to be a contract for him. He's probably what free agency after this year, I think. Yeah. There's a chance he winds up going, um, and getting franchised. I mean, that's very logical progression for him, uh, to wind up getting franchised by the Bengals. That's true. Um, all right. Joe Burrow also got a haircut by the way. Um, this is news. Yeah. Joe Burrow, uh, long haired Joe Burrow, not a winner. Short haired Joe Burrow got that dog in him. Okay, if you're saying he didn't have his hair cut by last week, I don't know. We'll have to look at photos from last week. <laughs> I'm just saying he showed up. This was uh, September. Uh, this was September 13th. This is news out today. today. Joe Burrow got a haircut. It's oh my god, shorn. that's news. Okay, looking shorn. Uh, we're both taking the Bengals. Packers yeah. at Falcons. Who are you liking this one? This one's a trick, man. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, this is weird because I I think to a degree the Packers were so focused on that game against the Bears. So focused on, like, let's put Jordan Love, let's get him a fucking great game going. I think the Falcons win this fucking game. I know that's so weird to say, but I have a feeling at home, Falcons just running the ball. I think this is a Falcons win. I think the I think the Packers come back to earth a little bit. Yeah, no, I don't think it's a weird thing to say. I think this is two teams that we had a taste of last week, but they were against to uh, other teams that are figuring things out. So this is one that we'll really get an idea of. Uh, that it's in Atlanta is is a good sign. If they can play uh, the ball control game that they did last week, the one thing the Packers, I think, have going for them is their defense. So it's that's all comes down to turnovers and ball security and things like that. So if Atlanta plays smart again, I, I was picking them, and I have the Falcons in this one too right now. Um, oh, hey, Maybe it's just wishful thinking because usually I'm, I'm very <laughs> negative on these things. So I'm just hoping that – come on, Falcons. Um, let's talk – oh, one more game to pick. The Chicago Bears are going to Tampa. They're playing the Buccaneers. Bears <sighs> Bears. Oh, my God, do the Bears need this shit. Mm. The Bears have got to get this fucking win. I know Buccaneers are excited, but if the Buccaneers start 2-0 and the Bears start 0-2, oh, 
Uh, just <laughs> for the emotion of the season, I'm picking the Bears to win this one on the road. Uh, I'm taking the Buccaneers. I think the Bears looked really bad, and I mean they did. DJ Moore uh, caught a couple passes and looked like a man possessed, and wasn't gonna go down. And he looks just as good. So you gotta force feed him the ball because, oh my God, did you see? Have you seen some like all twenty two or video of Chase Claypool? Guy doesn't want to play. No. Like watch like just highlight stuff of him. Like any route he is supposed to block on or whatever. Like didn't even try, and he's out there half the snaps like he's wide receiver two or three chase claypool yeah it was it was weird it was really weird so i don't know i feel like you like eberflus but maybe there's a disconnect on an offensive Uh, side with him i mean eberflus is the defensive guy i mean that's you don't bring matt eberflus in to be like we got to fix this offense right you know you're supposed to hire guys that do that for you and uh, it does not look like that has been done. Well, he shipped everybody out. He's changing it to the 4-3 defense this year. Yeah, it's just like he picked a different thing to work on than what their power is. I don't know. We'll see. So I'm not picking the Bears until I think they are doing something different. I'll take the Buccaneers in this one because then they'll make me feel better about last week too. Um, okay, Let's get back into the games because there are so many fun ones from last week to talk about, and we're going to now talk about the one overtime game we had. Yeah, there was an overtime game. It was Monday Night Football. Buffalo Bills, (laughs) 16. The New York Jets, 22. I apologize, everybody. I missed that the Jets were going to be wearing the throwbacks in this one. They looked good. Um, I know if you're a Jets fan, you're like, who the fuck cares, Scott? So I'll I'll move on from there. Um... The game itself, no, let's talk about the big news. Dear God, uh, Aaron Rodgers, fourth play from scrimmage. I've seen video, like a close-up on his uh, the back of his leg, and you see the thing snap. So, I mean, obviously it's a big, important thing, but I didn't I, I didn't have the kid down yet to bed, and I got a, like, a text that was just like, whoa. And I was like, what, something happened in the game? Like, yeah, I'd say so. And I was like, just tell me because I haven't seen it yet. And then I got the notification, like, Rodgers carded off. And then, like, even my brother texted me. He's like, what happened? I didn't eat. Like, everybody's trying to figure out what happened because it happened so fast. It happened so fast. Technically, Aaron Rodgers did not have a completion as a New York Jet. No. Yeah, 0 for 1. And there's a distinct chance. We'll get into it a little bit, you know, because we, we like to do a little, a little medical analysis on this show. Um it, it didn't lampshade. That's the one positive thing. Full but he tear. tore it. Okay. He tore it, not ruptured, because that's very different. If he had ruptured the thing uh-huh. and it lamped, you would actually be able to see his calf muscle go up to his knee. Um, and that did not happen. Good. So that's good, because you don't really recover from that shit. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Th- yeah, this is bad. This is bad for a 39-year-old man. Um, and I... I think it's just one of those weird happenstances. Like, you know, and there's going to be this concept of like, oh, they shouldn't have been cut blocking. Um, You know, that's not the way Aaron Rodgers likes to play. It's like, this is Nathaniel Hackett. This is a guy that's called plays for him before. I'm not too worried about that shit. Yes. This was just a freak fucking play. Aaron Rodgers trying to make something happen. And then that it once it pops, I mean, he's got at least a year recovery time. From what I've seen with Achilles injuries, it takes about a year and a half, if not longer, to get back, um, you know, up to speed, up to shape. Um, Achilles injuries are fucking atrocious. And the fact that it's occurring to a man who's going to be in his 40s before he ever sees the football field again, this might be for whom the bell tolls, man. This is fucking brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And that sucks. And, and even, you know, 
all those years in Rodgers, and even if he was a Packers player still here, I don't think I'd want to see it end that way. And I don't think anyone does kind of thing. So hopefully that's not the case, and he's not completely t- hanging it up here. I feel like if this is a, a torn Achilles that is able to come back from and he feels comfortable enough uh, medically or whatever to come back from it that this – is a feed for him to come back like a I gotta prove him wrong type of thing or let me be comeback player of the year now kind of the guy um because of how bad it turned out here but yeah just to man the the reaction to stuff I don't know um uh, this this lines up the Jets and, and the history and we're talking about we, we go back in history 1998 uh Jets well I guess it was the start of the 99 season because the 98 jets were the good team they lost in the championship game to the mm-hmm. to the uh broncos Vinny testaverde supposed to come back with you know curtis martin all of them the next year jets are going to be good Keyshawn, wayne Corbett, you remember that team mm-hmm. week one Vinny testaverde tore his achilles and that was the end of Vinny testaverde basically well no did he play anywhere else after the jets he played then? in dallas played in dallas after that okay well played there you dallas. go then and he was pretty Vinny old Testaverde's at that point. an all-time freak, though. Yes. Vinny Testaverde was a freak body. So, anyways. Um, which Rodgers may also be. Just that the Jets were feeling, I mean, they were, they were so high then, and then the same thing to happen now. Uh, it was literally like 24 years after. I think it happened. Oh, like almost cursed to franchise. The day. Yeah. Absolute cursed franchise. Um, I was actually, this is kind of weird because it came up today. Um, there's another player who injured his Achilles who is just now getting back in the NFL in 2023, Tariq Cohen. Yeah, he just got signed, Tariq right? Tariq Cohen. Yeah, just got signed to a practice squad, but that's I didn't what know happens that with was the Achilles injury. Was out the Achilles, jeez. Yeah, he had a knee and then an Achilles, and it's once that happens and your legs start going, ooh, man, that's why I think Dobbins is finished, you know, because Dobbins also had an Achilles. Dobbins was... And is recovering from an ACL. I just, yeah. I can't see him coming back. I would not shock me if I never see Aaron Rodgers on a football field again as a player. <sighs> Yep, you see, he he got up. You realize it was hurt. Sits back down. I mean, they they did all the the thing through the whole game of X rays, etc. But when you tear your Achilles, you kind of know it. So they knew it, and that oh, was yeah. that was the heartbreaking part of all of it. Now on to the game uh, where the Jets <laughs> won. Um, uh, basically, it was Josh Allen playing like uh, Kirk Cousins, or Kirk Cousins played like Josh Allen. I mean, they were. <laughs> Primetime. Three turnovers. I mean, Josh Allen actually had four turnovers in this game. Three interceptions to the same guy, to Zaire Whitehead. <laughs> uh, I mean, just chucking it deep, it seemed, for those. And uh, a fumble that really cost him badly, too. And just the one touchdown. For as good as Josh Allen can be, he can have these eggs sometimes. And this one really uh, lost it for him. Yeah, it's. I mean... Josh Allen has always had accuracy issues. He's always had them. Yep. He's just been he's been the modern day Brett Favre. You know, that's that's what that's we forget. And that's sometimes Brett Favre going Brett Favre. Yeah. You know, this if you're going to let a guy like this make plays, um, this is what happens. The Jets defense has been good for a while. They have done this to Josh Allen. He said it in the postgame presser. Same fucking thing. Same fucking place, different day. Yeah. They, this happened to him last year. The Jets' defense has had his number. Now, he has went ahead and had pretty much everybody else's number that he's played against, except for the fucking Jets. This is a good defense. 
Josh Allen had a really, really bad game. I think this is, as it has usually gone in his career, this is going to lead him to have a string of ripping off a bunch of really great games where he's thrown for 300 fucking yards. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a brutal, brutal loss for the Bills, but this is also exactly what the Jets needed after that Rodgers injury. Like, no kidding. If they had lost this game or got boat raced after it, fucking <coughs> call the season for it right there because there's, there's no fucking reason to get up in the morning. Just a wild ending to this one. Jets, uh, the third... The lead after Bills had a 13-3 to lead at the half. The Jets take it. Takes a uh, bass field goal that boinks, doinks in off the upright to take him just to overtime. And then it's a walk-off punt return uh, that happened to the Jets last year in that Patriots game, a walk-off punt return. But this one uh, happening to the, the other way around here with the rookie. Um and then, uh, yeah, Jets defense, five sacks in this one. Hall had a great game coming back from his injury. Brees Hall, 147 yeah, yards good. from scrimmage. Uh, they don't really need Dalvin Cook to be Dalvin Cook uh, that he was in Minnesota with that backfield, man. So well, Shit, now they do. Well, that's where I'm heading. What do the New York Jets do from here? If you can be, win these games, then maybe you're ready to win now. What should you do? Is there is there any better option than Zach Wilson out there? You call Arthur Smith and you say, "So two running backs, huh? What do you talk to me about this? What did you do with fucking Ryan Tannehill when he was a liability?" Zach Wilson cannot be asked to take on the bulk of the playmaking abilities of this team. Sure, right? This is an opportunity for Zach Wilson to rehab his ability to be a game manager because that was his main problem. Is he couldn't even manage the game well. Yeah. This is a chance for Nathaniel Hackett to get his name back if he can make. Zach Wilson, an efficient quarterback in this system. I think that's a good idea. I don't see another quarterback coming in and really turning the tide of the New York Jets unless it's Tom Brady, but he's not going to do that. Um, I mean, they'd have to give him so much fucking money, and they're so cash-strapped. Um, I I think your best bet is to just ride it with Wilson. Best-case scenario, Wilson has a decent year, and then you say to him, hey, listen, you know, maybe – you start next year as the starter, and if Aaron isn't coming back and you perform well, we trade Aaron Rodgers to the Vikings because <laughs> time is a flat circle. It would be, you know, it would be. There's a there's a chance for this, and it, and if you look at Rodgers' dead cap situations over the next couple of years, who boy, uh, they really like can't do anything with him next year. But that that third year, he'd have a 2025 dead cap of 14 million dollars, 2026 dead cap. Uh, of $35 million. So that's what's tough with all this shit is uh, you kind of have to keep him for at least next year. You can't really move him. Um, but if he decides he wants to come back at the age of 41 or age of 42, he might be playing for another team. Wow. And if and if Zach Wilson's the new guy, I think everybody's kind of happy and they say, hey, you know, Aaron helped move our guy along, Hackett helped move our guy along, and Robert Sala gets to keep being the head coach. Yeah. No, I, I mean – it almost feels like Sal's going to get here at least a pass on this season because of how badly this this screwed up. But uh, yeah, yeah, I do, I think heading into this season, you look at everybody's backup quarterback. You know, like Zach Wilson might be one of the better ones in situational uh, here because at least yeah, he I had would say so. yeah, he, he's a top draft pick and has had plenty of experience uh, starting already. So that is probably the best situation out there. Even trying to pull a guy out of retirement or whatever else that of anyone yeah. out there that, that he's probably 
the most liveliest arm you can find. So, And Aaron Rodgers in his ear doing pre-snap adjustments, so you never know. They will have to bring in somebody else uh, to, to keep going there. Um, Joe Flacco says he's willing to do it, so we'll see uh, if he comes back in. But who else they got? Um, what this leads us to, though, is the Jets are going to your Dallas Cowboys this week. It's Jets at Cowboys. You'll get Zach Wilson instead of Aaron Rodgers um, for this one. But uh, what are you thinking? I think the Cowboys are going to murder Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's going to get fucking destroyed. Um, the Cowboys are just too good defensively. Um, Zach Wilson's going to have to get comfortable. The Dallas Cowboys don't abide by that shit for quarterbacks right now. Um I think this is going to be a very emotional game for the Jets. I don't think they're going to be shocked that they lose this game. Um, I think they're going to be shocked with how embarrassed they're going to be with an additional 14 sacks by the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it's a rough one here for the Jets to pull. Um, Obviously, yeah, everyone's going to hope for a rally here after the exciting one on Monday night, but they also have you know one shorter day and... Just the exhaustion from all of that. It's it's going to be very tough to bounce back from that one, and the Cowboys will be pretty well focused up again. So, oh yeah, yeah. No, this seems like a lock here. I like the Cowboys. Um, we're going on a run of games that Dan got right over me as we talk about <laughs> the Raiders beating the Broncos seventeen to sixteen. Close. Yeah, this close. one was close. It was a little bit of back and forth. It was Broncos lead at the half, thirteen to ten. Garoppolo looked all right. Two touchdowns. He had a pick. Both touchdowns to Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers seems like a nice pickup for these Raiders, adding him opposite uh, um, Devontae Adams. And then uh, Wilson had two touchdowns. And other than the, the fumble that he had was called back for this questionable legal contact. In fact, I think this game, more than any other one I saw, was very well ex- uh controlled by the refs and the stripes throughout a lot of pass interference calls a lot of extra things called they didn't decide this game i don't think like there were they restricted it i mean yeah they restricted it they kept it from being a lot of fun to watch uh there was a bunch there was like this whole second here where like the raiders had like six plays or whatever in the red zone and then it was a tip pass intercepted by the broncos and that's on for that you're like oh okay so yeah, a lot of weird uh, back and forths here. Um, more P. Ryan than Javante Williams. I don't know if he's getting healthy, but I was surprised that the Raiders won this one, but Dan, you got it right. Yeah, this was a coin toss for us, so, you know, a couple of these coin tosses went my way. That's what you got for this one? <laughs> yeah. It was, a, I mean, it, it, once again, this didn't teach me anything. I, I'm not looking at the Raiders going, oh, way to, way to pull this one out. I'm not looking at the Broncos going, ah, see, they didn't fix shit. Like, this game taught me nothing. It was a weird divisional game True. that the refs, like to your point, had their fucking thumb on the scale. Uh, it felt like, not not necessarily for either person, but it felt like they were trying to rebalance the fucking thing mm. rather than just let it go. Um, so it's, it's hard to analyze a game like that. Uh, good for Jimmy G, who looks serviceable, and Russell Wilson didn't look as fucking bad as he did last year, so, you know points i guess yeah there you go uh so this leads us to talking about raiders at bills who you like in that one um i i like the bills i don't think the raiders are going to come all the way to buffalo after the bills lose this fucking heartbreaker i think josh allen's going to show out um yeah i think this is going to wind up putting the raiders at one and one and the bills at one and one and back on their winning ways okay 
Yeah, I uh, I like the Bills too. Yeah, you have a nice bounce back, and you're at home, and the Raiders coming cross country, and it's an early start for Vegas. So, give me the mm-hmm. Bills, giving uh, Garoppolo a long day. Uh, another one, Dan, you picked right, but I did too because who's picking the Cardinals these days? Sixteen Nobody. to the Commanders, twenty. Uh, Cardinals defense though came to play six sacks. Yeah, they look good. Five different players with a sack, uh, but. Just Prater kicking field goals. The only touchdown for the Cardinals was a fumble recovery. Um, that was just like a couple of steps, and then he was in the end zone. And then the the first, I guess it was not the first start by Howell, but second. I think he started the last game of the season last year. But touchdown, interception, a rushing touchdown, a fumble. You know, it was it was good and bad, and he was kind of all over the place. But the guy was out there trying. He was running all over the field, Sam Howell. This was a hustle game by Sam Howell. Once again, learn nothing about the Cardinals. I still think they're going to be bad. Learn nothing about the Commanders except that their defense is pretty good. If Chase Young can come back healthy, I start to worry about the Commanders a little bit um, because that defense is pretty good. Um, I know that the Cardinals are fucking awful, but the Commanders' defense is nothing to be uh, sneezed at. Emmanuel Forbes, my number one rated corner coming out this year, yeah. looked fucking great. Yeah, he, he ended the game, I think, with the incompletion at there. Um, this thing was 16-10 to 10 Cardinals at the end of the third quarter um, until Dobbs had that strip sack, and that kind of flipped the thing, and the fourth quarter was all commanders to win it. That's um, the defense. And how it works out for a team like the Cardinals, who probably aren't going to win a bunch here this year. No. Uh, the Giants are going to the Cardinals this week, trying to get right. Do they do it, Dan? Oh, I think they do. I think this is absolutely a get-right game for the Giants. If it is not, <laughs> and I'm saying, like, if they lose this to the fucking Cardinals after getting absolutely fucking shellacked by the Cowboys, you've got to be worried you know, my doppelganger, Brian Dable, has got to be, you know, shaking some things up on the offense. He has a decent offensive line. Like, he should, at least in theory, have a decent offensive line. They're just not getting the job done, and that's the thing that worries me. Yeah. No, um, this this bummed me out to realize, yeah, this is a late afternoon start, and you realize the Cardinals, oh, yeah, most of their games will kind of lead to that, especially if they're playing at home, and so... Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a fun one probably to watch. But, yeah, I think the Giants have to bounce back from this one. I don't like the Cardinals this year, so I like the Giants in that one. Uh, to to win and go 1-1, one and one. how about the Commanders going to Denver? They're playing the Broncos. I'm going to take the Broncos at this. I think it's just because it's at Broncos home. I think they're about equivalent in terms of, like, talent and ability, but I think Sean Payton's going to be the difference and. You know, maybe it's just a one-score game, but I see the Broncos pulling this out. I'm the same with you. I think because it's in Denver, I don't like the Broncos very much this year. It's just I don't think the Commanders are that great either, and and they were kind of struggling against this Cardinals team. Broncos defense isn't that bad, so I like I like the Broncos. All right, we're going to uh, talk about just a few more games here from last week. Rams Seahawks. Rams won thirty to thirteen. Okay, here's one neither of us saw coming. Stafford had 334 yards passing. It was Kyron Williams for the uh, uh, Rams, and not uh, Cam Akers with two rushing tu- or pass. Yeah, rushing touchdowns. Um, really, the Rams were getting a bunch of attention from people that no one had on the fantasy teams, pissing everybody mm-hmm. off late in the afternoon. If you were looking <laughs> at that, uh, Nakua, ten catches, 119 yards. Uh, yeah, big fantasy pickup in uh, on the waivers yeah, this week. Two two at well over a hundred yards, and just a Seahawks team that did not come back for the second half. Worst thing that could have happened to the Seahawks was that soundbite uh, of Aaron Donald uh, oh. rushing. 
<laughs> she just been he's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I mean, it's just the normal human reaction to seeing Aaron Donald, but it's it's just so bad. It's just such bad <laughs> optics. Gino did not look good. They could not get the run game going. Yeah. Um, it, it almost seemed like we kind of forget. Maybe I forgot that Sean McVay is a fucking great head coach, and uh, Matt Stafford is not yet deceased. Mm-hmm. So. You know, there's still some talent. Maybe there's still a little life in this old corpse of the L.A. Rams. So uh, perhaps the uh, news of their demise has been greatly exaggerated. Man, it felt like they were going in the wrong direction, though, when we got news on Saturday that Cooper Cup was moved to the IR list. I know. Like, oh, yeah, you know, now he's four games gone. It's just rough. Um, so we see it, but we see that they can put up 30 points without him. That's pretty impressive. So, yeah, yeah. if he can do that against a divisional team on the road, that maybe the Rams will be uh, a thorn in some sides this year. They are at home this week, and the Niners coming out there, a big win, come to town in a big a- N- uh, NFC West matchup. Yeah, I mean, it's the Niners, man. It's the Niners. That's just the way it's got to be. I mean, until someone shows me that they are mortal, it's the Niners. Um, they're just fucking scary. Yeah, I think because this is a divisional game, too. I'm not that worried that the Niners are on the road. I think these two teams beat up on each other a lot um, at each other's house, especially the entire division seems to. So oh, yeah. I like the Niners, too, on the road here against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, let's finally go back in time to Thursday where Daniel picked the Detroit Lions upsetting them Chiefs after they hang that banner, 21-20. to 20. Um we did have a little word that Kelsey was probably not going to play, and he didn't. Um, Chris Jones, though in the building to enjoy the uh, ceremony, also didn't play. I don't know if he enjoyed that or not. He enjoys it now as he is extended uh, and be- going to be back here for now the the rest of the season. But this game, a little messy back and forth, but we see a Lions team sneaking out a win over a big Kansas City Chiefs. I... I feel like Kansas City let this one slip, and I, I don't mean that. Like, Kadarius Tony had a fucking awful game. <laughs> yeah, the Chiefs joke. wide receivers. This was so bad. Like, do you remember a couple years ago where, like, they literally didn't throw a touchdown to a wide receiver yeah. all year? Yeah. This felt like that bad of a wide receiver group. That was how brutal this was. That was what was tough for me. Yeah. Is they were just so fucking bad, dude. Um, Yeah, I think, I think in all actuality you're going to have – uh, a couple players show up and, you know, work a little better. And I think, you know, once Kelsey gets back, it's not going to be as much of a focus that they don't have a clear number one wide receiver. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Lions, just spunky and fun, man. Like, this means so much more for the Lions. People were talking about, oh, there's an asterisk or asterisk because Chris Jones wasn't here. And uh, but fuck that shit. You know, that yeah. doesn't matter. There's no asterisk, you know, at on a W. It's just a W. Um, so good for the Lions, not too worried for the Chiefs. That is the one positive thing I will say for Chiefs fans. No, yeah, the Chiefs had a loss in Indy at the beginning of last season, and you forget about that quick. Um, but this was at home, and this was, you know, mm-hmm. right after you celebrated your big championship last year, and it's supposed to be a party for you guys, and the Lions played uh, spoilers. Uh, the one thing the Lions also have to be very excited about is how their their rookies got involved in this one. Uh, Brian Branch had the pick six. Oh, he looked great. It's off of Tony's hands. And uh, <laughs> there was, yeah, the other guys too. Um, Laporta had some catches. Looked the, good. The linebacker there was involved in stuff um, out of uh, Iowa. 
Campbell. So yeah, oh, Jack Campbell. Yeah, everybody was. He involved. looked good. He looked surprisingly good. There yeah. was there was a lot of Detroit rookies that I was like, okay, they're. This is a culture change, it, man. Good for them. If they show up this year too, oh boy, look out. So, yeah, this scared me. Um, but you know, so did the Packers game. So it's it's just going to be a long year here. This NFC North is entirely different. We'll see. Uh, the Lions continue to see if they're going to have some uh, redemption. They get the Seahawks coming to town. Seahawks at Lions. This was a very fun game, if I remember last year. That was like a high scoring back and forth one. The Seahawks snuck out. And then the Seahawks were the reason the Lions didn't make the playoffs last year. So who do you like in this one, Dan? I'm going to take the Lions at home. They, I, they've got more rest. You know, they had a, a good emotional game, but it didn't. They didn't like run away with the game against the Chiefs. I think if they had run away with that game, they'd maybe be a bit overconfident. They barely squeak one out. They're at home. The Seahawks are, you know, not exactly hitting on all cylinders. I'm going to take the Lions in a close one. Yeah, I like the Lions in this one too. Picking a lot of like, but I, I like the Lions. I don't like the Seahawks and how they looked. And both of these teams I thought would kind of come down to earth a little bit more, but it sure didn't look like the Lions are. So now I'm now mm. I'm going to pick them. Uh, finally, Dan, the last game from last week, the Jaguars beating the Colts. It was 31 to 21, but this game was kind of closer than that a lot. It was, uh, Jaguars with a seven point lead at the half. Uh, but Lawrence and ETN 104 yards and Ridley, he's back 101 yards and a touchdown looked really good. And then uh, there, Josh Allen had himself three sacks. Uh, there's your Jaguar news. Yeah, this Man, Ridley looked like a fucking amazing trade. Yeah. Um, making Christian Kirk a kind of a fucking also ran. A guy that was maybe their best wide receiver last year. They're like, oh, no, it's Calvin Ridley, and it's not even close right now. He looks like a man on fire. He looks like he's in sync with Trevor Lawrence in a way that none of the other receivers were. So, yeah, this I, – I know what you said. It wasn't close. But, man, this made me a little bit more afraid of the Jaguars than I thought I would be. Uh, coming into the season. This is tough. And then the other side of the ball, we got our first look at Richardson. He's got some uh, some pizzazz, I'll say. Uh, he had a touchdown. He ran one in. He did throw an interception. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. He looks like a quarterback out there. He looks like a QB. He looks like what we thought he was going to be. Yeah. You know, there's, there's clearly some mechanical issues. There's some accuracy issues. But, man, the athletic profile is just fantastic. Um, it doesn't give me a lot of hope for these Colts, but if – if you get Jonathan Taylor back and Anthony Richardson plays like this, that's a great thing for the Colts moving forward. Sure. If you trade Anthony or if you trade Jonathan Taylor, I think you're lining Anthony Richardson up to have better prospects next year with, you know, maybe a first round pick added to that that catalog of talent. But right now Jonathan Taylor's young enough that I would say sign that guy to a bit of an extension keep him here especially if he is healthy because a guy like him uh, a guy like Jonathan Taylor could really help Anthony Richardson's progression yeah I, it I guess it just comes down to the amount of years that Taylor wants to be there because uh, you don't want your running backs there for when those legs get tired but yeah give him a three give him a three or a four you know make sure he's terminated at 28 I mean that's just the way to go <laughs> that's the way to go um and then uh so the Colts are going to Houston this week it's an AFC South matchup both these guys are coming off of a loss, uh, for, and it's two rookie QBs going to get their shot at each other. One of them's got to win, right? Or we're looking at another tie. But anyways, Dan, <laughs> picking this one first, who do you like? I just I don't have a great deal of love for the Colts. Uh, 
I'm thinking Texans on the road. I know that. Oh, sorry, Texans at home. I'm. I know that sounds weird, but the Texans weren't embarrassing. I know Richardson looked good, uh, comparatively, but I didn't think Stroud looked awful. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna pick the Texans at home to barely beat it. Uh, barely beat out the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, it's a coin flip of a game. It really is. I just thought the Colts looked a little bit more uh, comparable on offense than the Texans did. They got got three field goals off there in Baltimore. And I know that was in Baltimore, and that's a very tough defense. So I need to see what the Texans can do. This is their best shot. If you want to show that you're yeah, that you're trending in the right direction, you gotta win, gotta win the the home games against the division at some point here. But uh, I'm gonna take the Colts on the road. I'll pick different than you that one. All right, there you go. And then finally, Chiefs at Jaguars. It's the last game to pick, Dan. I got it. Oh, ooh, this is a toughie. Yeah, it's a toughie. Um, I think Kelsey and Jones will both be back. I think that is a difference maker. This is still the reigning Super Bowl champion Chiefs teams. Until they show me that at full strength they aren't who I saw in February, I'm I'm gonna have to keep picking Chiefs. Um, I think it's gonna be tight, but I'm gonna take Chiefs on the road. Yeah, um, yeah. If we're seeing a two and zero Jaguars team and an zero and two Chiefs team at the end of this uh, week, then we will yeah really see some uh, some hype start and some worry start for both these teams. I think, but oh yeah. More than likely, you see them just split this and get back to even one-on-one in a very tight game. I don't think the Jaguars get blown out of the water here or anything. I don't think it's no, a get-right so. game or anything for the Chiefs, but I like the Chiefs still. So give me the Chiefs on the road as well. Uh, I like it. Okay, so that wraps up our picks, you guys. Um, real quick, obviously Dan was picking first here this week, and we were real close. We had five games, though, we picked different. Dan got that uh, Thursday night one from me. I caught back up on Sunday but that uh, Monday night rubber game, Dan, when Aaron Rodgers went out, did you think the Jets were still going to pull it off? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought the Jets were just going to sulk like Achilles in his tent. There you um, are. And just, yeah, I thought they were going nowhere. So I was really, really surprised that they wound up pulling it out. On a special teams win, no no less. Yeah, no, great game. Uh, yeah, a Monday night opener that had everything, you guys. So what more can you ask? Um, I had seven right last week. Dan had eight, so he is our leader in picks to start off week one. Everybody, I'll hail the king. I I literally just got half of the games right. That's yeah. it. No, nothing better uh, than hey, that. Hey, week one, that's all you're going to ask for. Um, that's true. It was chaos. We've jumped into a, a pretty long uh, episode, so let's jump into the quick quiz, Dan, I have for you, Dan. Yep. Um, I just want to see how long you can go down this list. I, I went... Quite a few years, but uh, there's obviously okay. a top to it. But you're going to be guessing, as I give you the names of the team, receiving touchdown leaders from the last few seasons. So if okay. I say last year's 2022, 2022 last year, the uh, receiving leader was from the Las Vegas Raiders. What player was it? Uh, Devontae Adams. That's right. We're going to go down the list. 2021 was the LA Rams. Who was it? Uh, that was Cooper Cup. He's two for two. Twenty twenty player of the year, Cooper Cup. Yeah, twenty twenty uh, receiving touchdown leader was from the Packers. Uh, that was also Devontae Adams. That's right. This might get a little tougher now. Twenty nineteen, the receiving touchdown leader was from the Detroit Lions. Uh oh, that was um, 
Kenny Galladay. He's right, folks. He's right. And then he signed a contract and did nothing. For the Giants, right? Yeah. Um, 2018's uh, touchdown leader was from the Steelers. Uh, that was, you said 2018? 2018. 2018, 2018 for the Steelers. Is that still, is that still AB? That's AB. That's Antonio okay. Brown. I was like, oh, he was like gone the next year. Yeah, yeah. AB. 2017 was the Texans. Texans. Oh, that was D Hop. Nuke. He hasn't got one wrong. We'll keep going. 2016 is the Packers. <laughs> Devontae Adams. No. Oh, is this Jordy? Jordy. This is Jordy. This is Jordy. Oh, Jordy. That's my All right, fault. And then finally, I'll do 2015. Three teams had a tie. So let's see if we can get any of these Seahawks, Jaguars, and Jets. All three had wide receivers. Oh, my God. I didn't write down the Seahawks guy. Uh, Seahawks, Jaguars, and Jets in what year? 2015, but I don't have the answer for Seahawks. 2015 Seahawks. That was probably Tyler Lockett. He said 20. He would have been a rookie that year. Twenty. Well, no. I think, it, yeah, 2015, I think it was Lockett's rookie year. Okay. Yeah, no, might he have was. Might have been Doug Baldwin. Oh, that might have been Doug Baldwin. Yeah, I don't know that. I'm, I'm I have out the Jaguars and the Jets, though. Do you know who those guys were? Uh, for the Jaguars, God, in 2015, uh, that was Allen Robinson. That's right. And then the Jets in 2015, uh, this is going to surprise me when you tell me. Who was it? Brandon Marshall. Ah, uh, that's right. I was like, fucking six-time Pro Bowler, Brandon Marshall. Who, who was 2014's for the Cowboys, Dan? Uh, Dez, that's baby. That's right. All right, all right. So there you go. That was Dez caught it for as long as I'm alive. Nice. There was the quiz, Dan, uh, for this week. And thank you guys again so much for joining us for an episode of Push Off Podcast. Um, we're going to be back next week. Uh, we'll probably move this thing a little bit earlier in the week. We'll see how we do. We we have a little flexibility of our Tuesdays or Wednesdays. It's kind of depending on the family and the babies and everything. So mm-hmm. be flexible with us, will you guys? And um, We'll be here before Thursday. Don't worry. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be here before the next Thursday game, which after the Vikings-Eagles is Giants-49ers. Look at that. Ooh, God, the Giants better <laughs> win one this week. <laughs> it's getting rough for them. All right, I got some crazy stats. Yeah. Uh, this is the this is the first time the Steelers played at home week one since 2014. Since when? 2014. Nine seasons in a row, the Steelers opened on the road. Oh my God! But their record in those last eight seasons five two and one. Damn. Yeah. Right. It's not bad. Yeah. They're a good team, man. They've always been a good team. Um, this is a one I got from uh, completing the uh, history of the Minnesota Vikings Dorktown one, guys. If you have nine hours to burn, watch it. Uh, like we all do. In the Super Bowl era, only the Minnesota Vikings have not gone three straight seasons with a losing record. Wow. That's how they basically ended it. That was the graph they basically were building the whole time, and they pointed it out. It was like they haven't had three seasons in a row where they just you know tanked down. Maybe, maybe never, some... sh- never shit. Yeah, always poopy. Never shit. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. That's kind of what. It was. And then finally, I have this. Trevor Lawrence has now won four AFC South games in a row. That's the longest streaks for a Jaguars quarterback ever. The Jaguars have historically not been good. It's been. I think tough. we we always forget that they have always been bad for like the last thirty fucking years. 
Been tough around the Jaguars, yeah. So there you go, Dan. Those are my crazy stats for this week. Guys, Those that nice. is every game from week one and picked every game for week two. Listen, we're out of breath. We have to end it now. Thank you guys so for sticking for this whole episode, and we will be back next week. So don't don't fret too much. You have a bunch of football now to watch. But before you go, please, Dan, some parting words of wisdom. Half the league is 0-1. Don't get sad. Half the league is 1-0. Don't get excited. If you're 4-0 at the end of this first quarter of games, Get fucking excited. If you're 0-4, get fucking depressed. But anything other than that, there's always a chance for you to turn it around. We're not tombstoning anybody in the first four weeks of the season. I can promise you that. So don't get down on yourself if, you know, say you didn't target your number one wide receiver in the second half for more than 12 yards or some shit like that. It doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter. you got three more games to just get even, and you can absolutely make the playoffs. So, uh, and even if you shut out your opponent 40 to nothing, doesn't mean you won't get into a slide and, you know, lose two of your next three. Who fucking knows? But, uh, yeah, early games, early seasons, you know, don't lose hope and don't get cocky. I mean, blowout win, heartbreaking loss, Dan, it feels good to be back, does it not? Oh, God, it's wonderful. We'll be back next week. Thank you, guys. Good night.